Welcome to the Inspiro Podcast, the podcast exploring personal growth, leadership, strategy, communication, and fulfillment. We are your hosts, Jason Luckdefeld and Bill Woodburn. I'm here as a dentist transitioning into a career to help facilitate individuals and their organizations towards a more fulfilling future. Hi there, I'm Bill Woodburn, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in Austin, Texas. I'm fascinated by the way people come together to solve problems, whether that's couples or families, dental practices or organizations. We're going to be exploring a lot of topics, and for us to be able to be free to do that, I have to let you know that this is not intended to be dental advice or counseling advice. Thanks, Bill. Let's get into our next episode. So I've been really excited by the idea of exploring uh, both the concept of validation, because it's a much wider and deeper topic than most people think, uh, but also delving into this problem that I see uh, dental offices, families, couples a lot that come into my office, which is what I'll call inappropriate use of right-wrong thinking. Now, let me be clear. The idea that something has a right answer or a wrong answer can be really appropriate. Again, in dentistry, oh, you're the dentist, I'm not, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are technical things that that evolve down to, is this the right way to do it or the wrong way to do it? Is it the right material, the wrong material? You know, so I'm not saying all the world is gray and there is no such thing as right and wrong. Even in personal relationship, there are things that are right and wrong, or certainly things that lines that, that you know, should not be crossed. What I see in my office, particularly with couples, is how often this sort of right-wrong argument style is used for things where it's terribly inappropriate because there is no particular right or wrong. Silly example would be, what's your favorite color? My favorite color is green. Well, that's a stupid color. Well, see, I've, what I've just done is I've moved something that has no particular traction in right and wrong, and I've forcefully dragged it over into the right-wrong space because that's where I'd rather argue it. I was on a, a radio talk show one time, and, and it may be the last radio talk show I ever do. Uh, it was it was pretty grim, partly because I got asked for this sort of sound bite. For you know what makes a good relationship, what makes a good marriage. I thought, oh, you know, that's such a complex topic, but I did come up with a sound bite I was actually pretty proud of. Um, I said, a good relationship, particularly good marriage, is one where I don't want to is a really good argument and doesn't need pages of backup and lots of logical facts, that it just can exist by itself as an important piece of the relationship. I don't want to do that, or I do want to do that, or I don't like that, or I do like that. What I see, at, particularly in the dysfunctional couples in my office, is I don't like that well, why don't you like that? Well, I need you to tell me why it's logical that you don't like that. And if you can't, 
then you don't get to say you don't like that. Well, what's happened again is that that moment where something that is not particularly right and wrong gets dragged over into the right wrong space and sort of sliced and diced and hammered on. And while it's an effective way to win in kind of a logical way, and certainly right wrong argumentation can be very powerful. Um, what it does is it invalidates the human part that the person just shared with you. I don't like that, or I do like this, or I want this is an intensely human thing to do. I frequently run into to people, particularly in strategic planning, and I'll say, well, what do you what do you want this practice to be like in five years? And and they'll they'll run through the numbers. And I say, yeah, okay, I got that. But what do you want it to be like when you show up first thing in the morning? And they don't know. And I realize, oh, no, no. So want is an emotion. It's not a logical calculation. What I can do is a logical calculation. What I want is not a logical calculation. I mean, here it's about 1030 in the morning, and I find myself wanting a cheeseburger. Now, you could say that's totally ridiculous, Bill, and it's probably bad for your health at your age. Well, sure, but I still want it uh, because I really like cheeseburgers, and I don't care that it's 1030 in the morning. I think one thing, well, a lot of things came up there as you were talking about that, Bill. There uh, so many potential topics. I'm going to start with the one that you just finished with, and that is the idea of our knee-jerk reaction. Let's say we're talking about a dental office and what do you want in five years in the future? And they say, I, I want my practice to producing X and collecting Y, and I'm no longer doing insurance and whatever else. And those are all easily quantifiable things. And I think what you're getting at, though, is to try to uncover what what do you want it to feel like in the office? What what affect, if I'm using that word correctly, do you want in the office? And what does it feel like when you wake up in the morning and have to go into work? And uh, what emotions are associated with that office of the future? And how do you explore and uncover and try to figure out what those are. And I think the same thing could be applied to your hamburger analogy. It's you want a hamburger, but why do you want the hamburger? It's it's probably not because of the hamburger itself. It's because there's some way the hamburger is going to make you feel that you think is positive. And if that's, if that's a, emptiness that you're trying to fill with a hamburger, then we need to have Bill talk more. If it's simply because the hamburger is close and you're hungry, then we can move on and, and talk about another topic. Well, and there are two pieces that where this shows up with in, uh, in dental practices. One of them is particularly sad, but I've talked to so many dentists who've tell me essentially this story. Uh, I worked really hard. I built this practice. It's going really well. So why is it that when I drive up first thing in the morning and I pull into my slot in the parking lot, I linger in the car and I think, oh God, I wish I didn't have to go in there. 
Mm -hmm. I call it the parking lot moment. That is so sad. I mean, this, and this is a guy who has sacrificed and worked to build this practice. It, it is, it is important. And most folks say, well, then I tell myself, oh, you have so much invested. You lose so many, so much money. You just got to go in there. You got to, got to produce. And while that gets them in the door, they're building up something they don't want to do. There's some part of their humanity that is, that is trying to talk to them. There's something going wrong, but it's not in the spreadsheet and it's not clinically. And it's not even that they're getting plenty of new patients. I mean, the patients are coming in, they're doing great at dentistry. These folks don't have a practice that, that you would on some sort of dental checklist, check anything particularly wrong with. It's that they don't want it. There's, there isn't something they want in there. There isn't something they think is significant in there. There isn't, there may be things that they don't want, but they're human things and they don't feel like they can object. They can't say, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. So bringing this back to the idea of right and wrong, we're really talking about right and wrong from an individual subjective standpoint in this analogy that we're presenting that for that dentist, something is wrong. Something is wrong but about that. Something is invalidating an important part of his humanity. Mm -hmm. And he moves it into right and wrong to try to get himself to figure it out. Only it's not a right wrong issue. It's plenty of right dentistry. It's plenty of right numbers. It's plenty of right patients. And so he goes, I, something must be wrong with me. I don't It's like, no, there's some part of your humanity that is taking some hits when you go in there. I don't know if it's like we discussed a bit before that, that it's just hard to, to work in a situation where many people don't like what you're doing to them and will tell you, mm -hmm. or that there is a, a conflict inside the team which everybody's being quiet about, but you still pick up and by the end of the day, you're carrying it. Or perhaps it's gotten so routinized that that lovely creative part of you is just dying inside. I mean, it could be any of those things. It could be more than that. Or it could be none of those particular things, but there is something very human that is beyond right and wrong. It's what validates me as a human being as I, when I walk in there. Does my team, it can be as simple as, does my team smile at me? Are they glad to see me? Or do they bring me every problem in the universe the moment I step in the door? So when you're using the word validating there, I, I feel like it's um, maybe needs some further defining. So I'm going to take a stab at it and say that the, the conflict there exists because the, the person is having a hard time validating something that they're feeling or wanting with what society tells them they should be feeling or wanting. And therefore, there's a conflict that that is created that is not necessarily conscious, but it creates negative emotions and negative uh, affect for us. And that is what's hard to resolve. Sure. 
And particularly, I like what you said, often is a personal versus culture issue. Okay. I should not want that. I should be satisfied with this. I shouldn't complain. I really have it pretty good. When I hear people saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, that those are the words of somebody who's not particularly satisfied with what's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that particular way of thinking won't get them any closer to knowing what's going wrong. Right. So what kind of thinking will? My first response would be to journal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that you and I frequently talk to people about is, is being able to journal, to be able to move your thoughts out into a journal and be able to read them back. And what we know f- with that is actually their thoughts are being thoughts and feelings are being generated in one part of the brain and then read back into another part of the brain. So really what we're doing is kind of rewiring the brain a little bit or, you know, get, get some test leads and, you know, let's, let's not try to go a direct route. We can, we can bounce it off the journal and get it back in. It also helps us sometimes to be able to express as a way of self-validation by validation comes from valid word valid, which comes from, you know, the word valued. Okay. Can we, can I value some part of my humanity that wants something or doesn't want something that is feeling something, maybe an inconvenient feeling, maybe a feeling that feels irrational and chaotic. And I don't know quote why I'm angry at this person. Why does that patient who keeps coming in every month with another pain bother me so much, you know, and they don't, I, I, I do a little procedure. They say, fine, they leave. I, why am I complaining? But something's bothering. And without valuing that part of us that's in touch with that's bothering me or I'm wanting that, or I'm not wanting that person to do that ever again. Since we don't value it, we can't bring it forward. If we can't bring it forward, we're kind of stuck with it. We can't get a handle on it. So one thing I've heard, it's a quote, I can't remember the source, is we can think more than we can say, and we can say more than we can write. And so doing all three can help us to uncover what we're really thinking. And to me, that gets into the idea of interoception, like knowing about how the physiological sensations we're having are related to emotions that we're having. And so if you're, if you see that patient on the schedule and all of a sudden you're sweating, that might be a sign that there is something happening there that you need to uncover and uncovering it is more than just thinking about it. It's like you said, it's, it's being able to talk to somebody about it can be helpful and writing about it. And so writing about it though, what I found, it's not like you start writing and you take two minutes and it it's sorted because you just wrote it down. It's that you really need like, like 10 to 20 minutes 
of uninterrupted time where you can just write down as whatever is coming to your head. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be a paragraph that has the appropriate structure and you're going to turn it in for a homework assignment. It's just a brain dump of everything that's going on in your head. And then when you read that back to yourself, you're going to start to interpret that on your own. And uh, that's such a technique uh, that's called a micro narrative and doing self-interpretation of that can be really helpful. And can you expand on that or, or at least sure. say, Hey, yeah, that's a good parallel. idea. <laughs> there's another parallel technique okay. of writing something down and doing it in such a way where it, like you say, it's a brain dump, but not all, a strictly intellectual brain dump, like every sensation and thing that is going on. I'm really tired today and not going, I wonder why da, 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 da. No, I, I just, I'm really tired today. Um, that patient came in again today. Um, I need to be doing this, but I can't seem to get around to it. I mean, those are some intellectual things, but then some physical things, some emotional pieces. Just, But it's, it's not filtering that. It's any of those things. Um, the other interesting piece when you read back is how you can, in a safe way, in a contained way, re-feel some things so the feelings are clearer. Some of it is I can rethink some things, and that's great. I, oh, gosh, there's this pattern that every time, you know, that team member comes to me with a problem, you know, I feel like this. Okay, that's great. But then there's also the idea of, wait a minute, I, I can safely feel some of these feelings that I've journaled, where in the middle of the day, in the middle of my brain, those feelings are just like, no, I can't, I can't do that. I have patients to see, I have people to talk to. But in my journal, I can write them down. Later in the evening, I can read through, oh, that's what I was feeling. Oh, and, and that feeling led to this feeling, which led to this feeling. Oh, I saw why I felt so bad by the end of the day. Next up is how could we help a coworker that's having a rough day? So I, I think this this dovetails in where let's say I am that dentist that, that shows up and I feel uh, pretty lousy and I have a great team. They recognize that when I walk in the door, I am not a fan of toxic positivity. That's starting to get some traction these days, finally, but I, I don't want to hear, Oh, suck it up. You'll be fine. Oh, well, there's a silver lining to every cloud. Uh, you know, I, I want to hear that the person it understands that we all have bad days, uh, and maybe reinforces that I am going to have to, uh, still perform today, but that my, whatever upset feelings that I have, uh, disgruntled or just, uh, stressed, feelings I have are, are valid. Can somebody else validate for us or how can our teammates help with that kind of thing? <laughs> I saw a marvelous example and it was some guys that had come to fix something at my office. It's the regular maintenance guys. Okay. So one guy turns to the other who just showed up and said, man, you look like shit. <laughs> 
And the guy says, I feel really bad. And the other guy took him by the shoulder and said, yeah, man, we got to get this thing done. I'll be with you. And they just went off and did it. Now, didn't say, he didn't say it was even going to be all right. I mean, he didn't know it was going to be all right. Billy didn't even know exactly what it was. The point was there was a wonderful moment of validation. I will not turn away from you, even though you just told me that you're struggling. Yeah. I won't turn away. Great. It's amazing how that simple thing is so important to human beings. Oh, you mean I can have a bad day and my team is not whispering behind my back. Mm -hmm. A team member can have a bad day and the rest of the team doesn't tell them to bury it and pretend, but also doesn't elevate that bad feeling to ruling the day. They acknowledge it. They can handle it. They're going to work with this person. This person's still important, even if they have that feeling. And we're going to get on with the day. There is something very human and very healing about having some guy say, yeah, man, okay, we've got to get on the roof. You know, you're going to be okay. Yeah, all right. Okay, we'll just, let's get this done. Yeah, I think really important there is how you worded that. It was really helpful in that you can try to convey the same idea, the same support and have it come off really wrong by saying i'm here for you but we need to get to work today so i just tried to say the same thing that you did mm -hmm. but that word but in there just nullified the support because i told you to kind of put it away rather than it being supported i think yeah, thank you. But, of course, is the most dangerous word in the English language because it's about invalidation. When I say this is true, but I just told you, but I'm not validating that first thing I just said. Mm -hmm. So instead, yeah, there's that sense that you're having a rough day. We're here to get a job done. I have space for your rough feelings. We're still going to get the job done. I have space for your rough feelings. I'm not asking you to change them one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I'm accepting that it's there. And in the, I'm also appealing to you to accept that we're going to work together. We've got this job. Can't fix your feelings. I can accept your feelings. I can validate them as, yeah, I've had those feelings too. Okay, let's go. I think that's important. It is. It can be a challenging thing to do, uh, to to have that sense uh, amongst a team. Uh, so for some people, that's scary. Uh, some people, it comes easy. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a step further to something that I think is more challenging, and that is the teammate. Or let's say it's me. Every day is a bad day. Now my team is starting to really struggle with validating that every day. And I'll so yes, I'll say yes and no. Okay. Now remember validation doesn't take the same effort as 
being responsible for your bad feeling. Okay, go on. So the, the doc shows up in a bad mood, which he has been for a month. And the team takes on that bad mood, feels they're responsible. They need to do something. They need to carry it. They need to make him either feel better. Or what if they just make space for it? That there's a lot less effort making space for it. And now we validate feelings. We don't have to necessarily accept behavior. Mm -hmm. If he yells at people, you know, team can still say, uh, doc, you're yelling. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, most people yell at their, I'll say at their team, because there is no level of validation going on. What do we do when we're not heard? We raise the volume. I just mm -hmm. cranked up that amplifier. Now, not intentionally, but like nobody's hearing me. How, how, how much do I need to yell here to show that, I, that I'm feeling bad? I wonder what would happen if in the huddle said, man, I am really struggling with something all month. I don't know the way out. And the team didn't say, oh, we'll fix it for you. Or, oh, get past it. Instead, they said, you know, we're here for you. We've got space for that. Let's go. You didn't have to yell at anybody. That wraps up episode two. Stay tuned, episode three, where you're going to hear about this is not a one size fits all. We're exploring ideas and we're also exploring solutions. Please reach out if you have any questions. Inspiro Podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you next time.